All right, welcome back from lunch, everybody. Let's take a deep breath. Okay, so about halfway through, I'm going to make everybody stand up and do the jig. Do a jig, right? So we can stay awake. Yes, maybe. Okay, so welcome back to the afternoon section sessions of Connect 23. Uh, I am just the one who's calling us back because I'm going to just dive right in. We're going to get started uh, because we are on a schedule, and I'm hitting my little timer right now. Uh, so, I hope you guys had an awesome time meeting some new people. Who met somebody new over lunch? That's did before you walked in the door. Feels like they were super awkward during their table time, but they did it anyway. Yes? Okay. Awesome. Love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're in great shape. We're in great shape. All right. So welcome back. This afternoon session is going to be a little bit different than the morning session because we're going to be a little bit more practical, hands-on, um, as I mentioned, with a session on each one of those disciplines and I'm pretty impressed with myself for getting all 10 of them in in just a few minutes I mean I feel like I would pat myself on the back if I could I'm afraid I might knock my microphone off if I do however so I'm gonna keep from doing that so this afternoon um, we're going to talk about making it happen so that is the name of session two making it happen and we're going to quickly review our big picture spiritual growth plan and why we're even here today. Although some of you are maybe here because you just wanted to meet somebody, because you're new to the church, you wanted to see what this is all about, you wanted to see if the pastor's wife was crazy, you wanted to, whatever it is, okay? Um, whatever the purpose that you're here today, really you're here today to understand this spiritual growth plan that you are going to be creating. So everybody that has a piece of paper, I know you got food on your table and everything, but draw a little circle on uh, your first page of notes and write the word justified in there. Quick review, justified, okay? So that is salvation. We already talked about that. That is the gospel. That is when um, that moment where your sins were removed and Christ's righteousness was applied to your heart and you are now justified, yes? Okay, so justified, and then make another circle and with an arrow going to it that simply says, um, oh, it's long, it's long. So here's what it says, here's the, here's the idea. Demonstrate it as best you want to, I mean, as you want to. So after justification, the desire to become more spiritually mature and the strength to do it because of Christ in us. So we could put desire for maturity. Desire for growth. Okay, so after justification, we're given a desire for spiritual maturity, spiritual growth. And we're given the strength to do it. Okay, because of Christ in us. So then there's the next arrow to another circle that says work. Because we still have work to do. There is work to be done. All right? And then... Another era to another circle that is sanctification or spiritual growth. 
So we know we have work to do, so what are we doing? As we're doing these work, this work, we are becoming sanctified. We are growing spiritually. Another arrow to another circle that says his glory and our good. As a reminder, that's the purpose, right? Another arrow to a circle that says point others to Christ. Because that is the purpose. And then finally, the last circle, the last arrow, is going to say glorification. So that is the path that we are on as a reminder. We have been justified. We are currently being sanctified. And we will one day be glorified. But in that middle, messy, messy middle is where we are living. And that is where our spiritual growth plan comes in. And that is where the work comes in. Okay? What is the secret to spiritual growth? 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says, Have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. ESV says train. King James Version says exercise. New American Standard says discipline on that same verse. Okay? But it's the same idea. Training. Discipline. We've already talked about that ad nauseum. I'm not going to review all that again. We had a full list of spiritual disciplines. Not a full list, but a list. A big list that I mentioned this morning. And they can be a little overwhelming. And I know even from our table talk, it's like, ooh, ooh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Or I didn't even know we were supposed to be doing that. And, you know, we're like kind of overwhelmed now, right? So we're going to all take it. We're going to take a step back. And we are going to, over the next few minutes, discuss some simple steps and getting started in our spiritual growth. Because here is the thing. Has anybody run a marathon? Anybody? Anybody run a 10K? Oh, I see a marathon runner. See some 10K. 5K? Okay, even 5K. Has anybody gone from total inactivity, sitting watching Netflix most of the day? I don't know if us do this, but let's just, let's just think about it. To getting up, putting on our running shoes... And running with endurance a marathon or a 10K or a 5K. Is anybody? No, nobody's done that. Don't even raise your hand. You've done it and it didn't go well. Okay, there you go. All right, testimony time for Jamisha. <laughs> you don't get off the couch and run 26 miles. You just don't. All right, so anybody has it? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but has anybody made a, an effort to lose weight for your health or for other reasons? And if you have, you know that you do not eat two salads. Cook and, 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 you know, be a hostess with the mostest and entertain people in your home you don't read one recipe or look at one youtube video even and cook a complicated meal you just, i mean you could try but it usually doesn't go well right you don't turn on photoshop for the very first time who knows how to use photoshop anybody anybody okay i got some well i'm gonna go ahead and tell you don't turn it on for the very first time and know how to be a designer 
a digital designer, whatever, whatever the skill is, it doesn't matter. The point is you have to start small. You have to put one foot in front of the other. You have to take it one step at a time and you have to be patient and you have to know it takes work and you have to know it takes discipline and you have to know that you just have to do it one step at a time and it's hard and we're impatient and we want it to happen and we want to eat a salad and lose weight and we want to, you know, go and put our running shoes on and run the 26 miles. We want to do it, but we can't. It takes time, it takes patience and spiritual disciplines are no different. So we're going to do some practical things, okay? First of all, let's talk about habits. So this title of this little topic is all about habits. Habits, we all know what they are, right? They're small, powerful routines that shape our lives. They're things we do almost automatically without even thinking about them, okay? Some habits are easy to spot, like I'm assuming most of you brush your teeth in the mornings is a habit. I'm hoping that you do. Okay, if you don't, we probably don't know because you just ate lunch, but still. Okay, so habits. Most of them, you just do it naturally. Others, like the ones we're focusing on today, are less obvious, but they have a significant impact on your spiritual journey. So, the power of habits. Um, I was thinking about me personally, trying to think of a, I was trying to think, oh, let me give a personal example. What is one? And, the first, and I'm sure there's many. But the first thing that came to mind was back in 2020. We all remember that year, right? So back in 2020, when there was a lot going on, and there was, in particular for me, I was in the habit of regularly checking my phone, my email, the news, the blah, the blah, all the technology. I got up in the morning. I wanted to see what was happening. I, I, I ha for those of you who do not know, I am a pediatrician. So I was getting emails from all of the, you know, all the acronyms, like all of them, all multiple times a day. And so I would, I would first thing I would do, what's going on? Da, 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 the AP, the CDC, the HWO, the blah, 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 on and on and on. And it was a habit for me to get up. And I was more focused on the virus than I was on anything else in my life, okay? Um, my phone was the first thing I checked in the morning. It was the last thing I checked at night. It was a habit Okay, and it was stressing me out. Did anybody else get stressed out in 2020? Okay, all right, so I decided to change the habit. And what I did was, so here's, here's a realistic little goal here. Instead of saying, I'm not gonna reach for my phone in the morning, I'm gonna reach for my Bible in the morning. I hope y'all had that habit, I really do. I really, really do. I didn't, I didn't. But what I did was I made it more realistic for me, and I made it one step. And when I picked up my phone, I had all of those apps that had all of those notifications and all of those things. I turned off all notifications, one thing. But I had them off of my home screen. And what I had on my home screen was very simple things that I really couldn't do a whole lot with. But one of them was my Bible app, my Dwell Bible app. Okay? So my habit was still to pick up my phone in the morning, but what it was was what I decided to do was I picked it up and I turned on my Bible app. And that's what I listened to when I was getting ready in the mornings, when I was taking my shower, when I was getting ready. And before I looked at the news, before I looked at the email, okay? Because I was still busy. I didn't have time. I mean, I could have. I could have gotten up an hour earlier and done it, and I'm very happy for those of you who do. At that point, I did not have time to get up early and do my Bible reading time, so I chose instead to take my Bible intake for that time of the day as listening. 
And instead of listening to all of the stuff that was happening in the world and all of the stressors that was happening, I made that a habit instead. And it took a while to make it a habit, okay? I made, took steps that made it easier, like taking Instagram and deleting it or putting it on page three, right? But I made things that made it easier, but it was still difficult. And it changed the outlook of my entire day once I started doing that. So you have a similar story. I know you're already thinking of what your similar story is, okay? And if you were successful in your habit, then you can testify to the power of consistency. So that's the next heading, the power of consistency. Consistency is the cornerstone of spiritual, our spiritual journey. It is a steady day-by-day commitment to living out our faith. Just as the marathon runner does not become a champion overnight, our spiritual growth requires ongoing effort. You know this. This is not something life-shattering, right? Consistency helps us build a strong foundation. We seek consistency, um, and we, we gain consistency through practicing these things, prayer, Bible study. Um, so Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglected to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing. So this highlights the importance of gathering together as believers consistently, right? Um, a regular church meeting, interactions, find encouragement and support with each other. We know that. Um, but then the word habit is in this verse. And in this particular verse, the habit of some is not meeting together. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So our habits can either help us to grow or they can draw us away from growth. So we need to recognize our habits and what is the purpose of our habits. So consistency can go both ways. We can be consistent in things and disciplined in things that do not really do a whole lot for our spiritual growth. If we, are, if we had the habit of sleeping in on Sunday morning and watching the live stream instead of coming to church, if we had the habit of going out of town instead of gathering, and I'm just using this as an example because this is verse that's right here in my paper. <laughs> but if we have the habit of not meeting, that's a habit, right? We got to watch our habits. We got to watch our consistency, and we got to make sure what our consistency is tethered to godly habits. So, relating consistency to godly habits is really important. All right. So, habits are formed through actions over time. When we pray, read the Bible, you know, do practice all these spiritual disciplines. Imagine a tree. So, we're back to our verse in Colossians. Okay, its roots need consistent nourishment to grow and to grow strong. You know, this, there's, this, is, this, this is all over the Bible, all right? So we need that. To be rooted and built up in him, we need consistent um, nourishment. And how do we get that nourishment? Through the spiritual disciplines is one way. Through um, consistently engaging in pra- practices, being consistent in habits that strengthen our faith. So think of habits are like the roots of our faith, grounding us in God's love and truth. 
So we're going to explore habits, but we're going to also explore something called habit stacking. That's going to help us get this in our mind. Has anybody ever heard of habit stacking? Yes? Not, it's not a terribly uncommon thing, but it's something that is really life-changing when you get your mind wrapped around it. So through consistency, we make our habit. We know that. We're not looking for quick fixes, but lasting transformation. We know that. So we're going to talk about habit stacking. This is a practical tool that helps us to maintain these habits. Habit stacking is pretty self-explanatory. The idea is to attach an existing habit. Okay, you have an existing habit and attach a new habit to the existing habit. And it makes it easier to integrate these daily habits into your life, right? It's a simple concept, but it's remarkably effective for building habits. It's like building a tower of bricks, one on top of the other, on top of the other, until something greater and more substantial is finally built. The first brick does not look very impressive. The wall does. Okay, we're piggybacking a new habit onto an old habit. So, let's think about this and let's write something down. Here's an example. After I blank, I will blank. So think of something you do every day. What do you do every day? And it doesn't have to be after, it can be during. So what do you do every day? Do you shower every day? Do you brush your teeth every day? Do you drink coffee every morning? Do you drive your children to school every day? Do you, what do you do every day? Or most every day? What do you do every day? It's a habit you've done every day. So write that down. During my blah. After my blah. And then the next part is I will blank. What is, what is it you will do? Now you can leave this blank if you don't have an, a great idea because we're going to come up with one in a little bit. But if you've already been convicted about something that you want to be doing during that time, go ahead and write it down. During my, I'm going to give you my example. TMI. During my shower, I will listen to the dwell app. Okay, I shower every morning. You'll be glad to know. I shower every morning. I listen to the Bible every morning Well, in the shower. Sometimes it's a podcast or a book or, I mean, I'm not like legalistic about it, but that's a habit. It's a habit, right? So during my blank, after my blank, I will blank. So everybody got that? That's habit stacking. And now you have just Stack two habits. Keep it simple, okay? And the cool thing about it is once you get these habits stacked, it's scalable. So habits are scalable, but you have to develop them first. Start small, no legality, okay? But it's a principle that cannot be denied over time. Proverbs 21.5, okay, is a profound truth that we need to remember, as we're doing this and making these plans and as we're going forward and doing goal setting and habit stacking and all the things. And it says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So basically, diligence, consistency, consistent, steadfast effort towards a goal is what that means, diligence. Consistent, steadfast um, efforts towards a goal. And when we apply this to our spiritual journey, Consistently seeking God through these spiritual disciplines, it leads to spiritual abundance and deep and flourishing relations with God. Now, I'm not talking about abundance as far as like 
things. Hear me clear on that. Just because you read the Bible does not mean you're going to wake up and have $1,000 extra in your bank account. Right? We'd all be reading our Bible if that was the case. (laughs) I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about abundance. Spiritual abundance. Right? Okay. So, a farmer diligently tends his field. Watering, nurturing, over time, his diligence builds a harvest. Our diligence, our consistent efforts make a difference. They make a difference. So there's lots of examples of this. I'm not going to really go into them too much, but Daniel's habit of prayer in Daniel 6.10, David's habit of worship and writing psalms, really all the psalms, most of the psalms, not all of them. The early church's habit of fellowship and breaking bread in Acts 2, 2.42. Jesus' habit of solitude and prayer, he had a habit of that, Luke 5.16. Paul's habit of spreading the gospel, he had a habit of evangelism. It was a habit for him. It came secondhand, Acts 17.2 and 3. He was consistent in it, right? These habits are, these are biblical examples of habits, and they demonstrate them for us and how it can become second nature for us as well. And we can stack one habit on another. We can start with one, and then we can stack another, and then we can stack another. Okay, and we're going to do that in a minute. Let's talk about goal setting for just a minute. I told you we're going to get super down and dirty. Let's talk about goal setting. So defining goal settings. So somebody defined it one time. said, I don't know who did this. If you know, you can let me know later. I don't know who did it. But they called them dreams with deadlines. <laughs> I think that sounds kind of good. Goals are dreams with deadlines. And it reflects the idea that goals are, are aspirations given some structure and purpose. So there's three things a goal should give us. Any goal. Three things a goal should give us. It should give us direction. They serve as our roadmap, guiding us towards a destination. They, that, so this is all in direction. They help us to make decisions that align with our desired outcome. So they give us direction. Our goal should give us direction. We have an outcome. We need a way to get there. Okay. And number two, it should give us purpose. Our goal should give us purpose. It should infuse our actions with purpose. They give our efforts meaning, and they help us to focus on what truly matters. And then number three, they give us motivation. Having a goal can ignite motivation, provides the drive to overcome the obstacles and the challenges that will be on a shadow of an outcome as you're trying to reach your goals, particularly if they're spiritual goals. Okay? So Nehemiah's story is, a, is, is kind of an, an interesting story on this. Nehemiah 2, 17 and 18 says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in? How Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burns. Come, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them at the hand of my God that it has been upon me for good and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. So Nehemiah, inspired by his vision and his clear goal to rebuild Jerusalem's wall, rallied people to action. The goal provided direction, purpose, and motivation for the entire community. And if you have read Nehemiah, which I strongly encourage you to do if you have not, 
you will see that Nehemiah faced quite a number of challenges from within and from without. Is that a word? Without? Outside? Outside? Inside? Lots of challenges. But he had a goal. He had a purpose. He had a direction. He had an outcome he was striving toward with the help of his almighty God. And it was God's goal, right? And there was, there was clear consistency working towards that goal. So remember that godly goals are not merely about what we desire, but are deeply rooted in God's ultimate purpose and God's will. So someone also said our goals should not be our plans imposed on God, but rather God's plans revealed to us. Sounds a little lofty, but makes sense. Sounds good. Um, finding the will of God is a talk for a whole nother day. But I will give you the short version. Here's how you find it. So basically, go after him hard. Go after him with everything you have. When you set your goals, make sure the end is not your glory but his. Go after him hard. Know him. Desire to know him. Desire to hear from him. And you're good. Okay? As far as the will of God. Okay, so we can all assume that God wants us to grow in Christ-likeness. Um, and so for the purposes of this talk, that is our goal, is transformation. By the way, I had an outfit transformation. Did y'all notice? I know, right? right? I promise it's not because I spilled something on myself at lunch. <laughs> figure half of y'all are thinking that. Ooh, what did she spill on her white shirt? I actually didn't. I didn't. But I just thought it would be a good little object lesson. Plus that it's a really cool shirt. And now I match Miranda, so we're good. Um, okay, so, all right, so let's talk really quick goals. Everybody's heard of the SMART goals. I've never liked it. You know why I've never liked it? You me, me tell you why, you me really tell you why I don't like it? Because I'm just a little bit rebellious. And I'm like, that just sounds too fancy. And I don't like somebody telling me what my goals need to look like. But here I am, going to tell you what these are. Because, and then I would end up telling, describing to people how they should be goal setting, okay, and how, what, how you need to be making goals, spiritual growth goals. And I ended up describing all of the different things that a goal, good goal should have. It was all the same stuff. I just didn't use the acronym because I was stubborn. So we're going to use it. We're going to use it. Smart. So here's what a goal should be, okay. A goal should be very specific. We should have clear and concise goal. This is any goal. But I want you to think specifically about your spiritual growth goals, because that's what we're talking about right now. So they should answer questions like of who, what, when, where, why. Very specific goals. They should be very clear. They should be measurable, okay? You should get to the end of whatever time frame you have given, and that's one of them. And you should know whether you have achieved the goal or not. They should be quantifiable, allowing us to track how far we're coming. Okay, that's measurable. That's the M. The A is they should be achievable. So not so far out of your reach that they're really out of your reach, right? I mean, I'm not going to set a goal of reading the entire Bible by next week from cover to cover. I mean, it's not a, that's not an attainable goal for me, right? But they should be attainable, but they should be achievable. But, but I'm going to add one, and this isn't, I don't even know what letter this would be. But they should be achievable, but they should also stretch us a little bit, Okay, so I'm also not going to set a goal of reading 
a verse this week. Okay? Because I can do that today before I leave. I can do it right now in front of y'all if you want me to. I've already done it. I'm done. I'm done. Right? So they should be achievable, but they've got to stretch us a little bit when we make a goal. Okay? And that's regardless whether it's a fitness goal or whether it's a, it's a relationship goal or whether it's a spiritual goal. Attainable, achievable, but also um, stretchy, stretchable. I just added an S, so it's a smurst, smurst. Okay, anyway. Relevant. They should align with our broader purchase, purpose, rather, assuring that they're meaningful, purposeful. They should just, they should, they should be push us towards the end point. That's all that means, okay? And time bound is the last one. Again, this is why I don't like it so much. Um, but they should have a deadline, create a sense of urgency, and you should specify what your deadline is when you're creating a goal. I want to do this by this date, okay? So there's lots of examples in, in history. There's lots of examples in the Bible. There's, you have examples in your own life. You could give examples right now just off the top of your head, I know. Um, the Wright brothers, y'all remember them? Orville and Wilbur. <laughs> they had a goal. They had a very specific goal. What was their specific goal? To fly. They wanted, to, they wanted to master the air. It was not vague. It was very clear. They wanted to be off the ground in the sky. Okay? It was very measurable because, you know, they knew when they succeeded and when they didn't. Right? They could measure that for sure. They tracked data. They, tracked, they measured all the stuff, I'm sure. But honestly, they knew whether they were succeeding or not by how well it was going. It was achievable. At the time, they didn't really think it was achievable. Most of the world didn't think it was achievable. But obviously, it was achievable because they achieved it, right? It was achievable, and it stretched them. My extra, my bonus S, it stretched them because the rest of the world didn't think it could be done, all right? And it was relevant to their passion and their interest. It is what, I guarantee you, those boys sat up at night talking about being in the air. It was, that was their goal. Okay, they believed that flight would not only change transportation, but advance human knowledge. They believed that. And they set time frames. Each season that they could, they returned back to North, they returned back to North Carolina and they tried again, right? And you know what? In 1903, I looked it up, December 17, 1903, at Kitty Hawk, they made history and they made it happen. Right? They had a goal, they set a goal, and they made it happen. And it seemed like it couldn't happen. So the goals that you set, if they kind of follow the structure a little bit, they could happen. If two boys in North Carolina could get a piece of whatever it was off the ground, and now look at where we are, we can fly all over the world in a matter of Hours, literally, it can happen. So we can, we, can, we can accomplish our goals. Again, I want to emphasize that we need to align those goals, however, with seeking God's will and his purposes. So the goal of flight's well and good, right? What about us? There is a critical connection between goal setting and seeking God's will. We, our desire should be to align with God's purposes, um, 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, very, very uh, quotable verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Seeking God's guidance is an act of trust and an act of submission. How do we seek God's guidance? I told you this is the main thing, right? But if we take real practical steps, we pray. We talk to God, okay? We read this. We, gain, we gather with other people. Community, counsel, gain counsel from other people. Community. And this is one that's the hardest one, I think, of these. And that is being open to change. And being open to adjusting our goals. Because if this is my goal, and I have done these other things, prayer, study, godly counsel, community, and I recognize that this direction I'm going, you know, God is putting up roadblocks all along the way. Maybe I need to make a change. And I have to be open to that. I have to be willing to do that. Okay? So, godly goals are the most important thing. They shape our character and they draw us closer to God. All right, so here are some tangible examples, you know, like daily prayer, for example, um, Bible study, hospitality, inviting someone to coffee, tangible example, um, becoming a mentor or a mentee. See what I did there, Edith? We're going to talk about that in a minute. That's a tangible goal, right? Pouring into the lives of women in this church, in your church, if you're not from this church, in your church. Pouring into their lives in tangible ways. Loving on them. You know, maybe, maybe your gift is not remembering, you know, people's birthdays. But it may be, when you see them, remembering, hey, you know what? I have availability in the next couple of weeks to go to coffee with somebody. I can do that. I want to see how you're doing. Those are tangible goals. The ultimate aim of setting and achieving goals is to bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. We know this. Our accomplishments, no matter how big or small, can be a testimony of God's faithfulness and his grace and pointing others to Christ. So let's go all the way back to habit stacking and let's combine it with our SMART goal. All right. I'm going to look at the first three spiritual disciplines I talked about this morning, and I'm going to give you um, practical ways to um, some potential goals central goals. Worship. Worship is the thread that weaves everything else together. It holds us together. So here's a goal. Let's just talk about this. One goal. Read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Pray Revelations 4.11. Revelation 4.11. And then choose a day, one 24-hour period, to give God glory for everything that happens in your life, big or small whether it is thanking him for the waking up in the morning, thanking him for the children that woke you up in the morning, thanking him for the fact that you had food in your pantry, praising him for that, giving him glory in everything, shifting everything that you think about. Instead of you having to do laundry, you're thankful that you got clothes to wear. We've heard all this before. 
but that's a practical thing that you can do, right? Prayer, study, 1 Chronicles 16, 11. Pray, Psalm 4, 1. And then set a timer for five minutes and do nothing but pray during those five minutes earnestly for someone, someone else. This is just an example of a goal, okay? If someone's already come to your mind, put their name in your book or put their first initial in their book, in your book. Five minutes praying for someone else after you've read 1 Chronicles 16, 11 and prayed Psalm 4, 1. And then the third discipline was the Bible study discipline that I'm just going to briefly give you a quick goal. Read, the, read Hebrews 4, 12. Pray Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 23. Reread Hebrews 4, 12. And as you're doing it, take notes on it, underline, highlight, and read one commentary on it, faithful commentary. After you've read it and you've read the context and all that. So, I mean, those, these are just kind of simple examples. And then we're going to create a habit by stacking it on something else. Okay? Whatever it is. If you need to go back to your if I then, then I'll this statement, let's do that now. We're going to choose the new habit. Decide on the godly habit you want to incorporate. We're going to create our stack. After this, I will this. And we're going to start small. Manageable goals. And then we're going to be consistent. We're going to stick with that. We're going to stick with that habit stack. And over time, the second habit, the new habit, will also be a habit as much as the first. It will feel weird. It, it should feel weird if you don't brush your teeth in the morning. Honestly, it should. I mean, no judgment, but it should. <laughs> you know? Um, maybe it's your children. Maybe it feels weird if you don't read them a story at night because that's a habit. For my kids, when I was growing up, if they fell asleep before we read the story, it felt weird. It wasn't, it wasn't quite right because they, it didn't hardly ever happen. But if it did, because that was a habit. So it should feel, if, if this is truly a habit, it should feel odd for you not to have spent time in prayer during the day or in the Word. So there are challenges. Building habits can be challenging. We get a lot of obstacles. We've talked about that. We have to recognize the reality of that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 reminds us of God's grace and our weaknesses. My grace is sufficient for you, he says. My power is made perfect in weakness. Even when we stumble in our efforts to build godly habits, grace sustains us. So we are not going to walk out of here doing any of this perfectly. Okay? And that's Great. That's where grace comes in. Grace sustains us. Philippians 4.13, we all know that one, right? You probably got a mug at home with it on there. Anybody want to say it with me? I can do all things through Kim who strengthens me. Yes, we know this. All right, that does not mean that I can get off the couch and run 26 miles. I already mentioned that. Right? That means that, that means 
that these things that I'm doing to try to work on my sanctification and I'm trying to transform myself and I am trying and I'm working towards that not for not for salvation that's done and if that is not done in your life today if that is not done then I am not talking to you in the transportation 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 transformation <laughs> transportation either that'd be really cool somebody needs to come up with that goal <laughs> Be like Star Trek. Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm back. I'm off topic. I'm off topic. The point is, if you have not had that first transformation, I probably said transportation ten times today, didn't I? I didn't? Okay, good. Okay. If, if you have not had that, if you do not know that, that grace of being the wrath of God being removed from you and being now made whole and being well and being righteous in the sight of God because of Christ's righteousness. If you don't know that already, I am so glad you are here. I do not know every face in this room, and I certainly do not know every heart in this room. And if that is you, find someone you know to be a believer today and let them know that this is happening for you today, okay? You don't have to do anything special. You just have to trust in Christ over yourself. And you have to know this truth of the gospel. So if, that is, if you've already undergone that transformation, I'm going to think about it every time now, then this next part is for you, right? And, and, and you can do this because of Christ in you. You can't do this without him in you, but you can do this because of him in you. Okay, so here's some practical tips for overcoming the challenges that are going to arise, 100% will arise. Number one is accountability. So share, we're going to come up with some goals in a minute. I'm going to explain that for you. But we're going to share our goals with someone, a trusted friend, a mentor, a mentee, a family member, right? Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one will help the other up. Be accountable to someone. It will provide you with support. It will provide you with motivation when you face difficulties. And you know what? It's really cool. You get to be accountable to someone, and then you get to be accountability for someone too because that is powerful to be able to know that you have the power to, to, to encourage a sister in Christ when she's feeling down and when she's feeling like the obstacles are too big for her, right? We were talking about that at lunch a little bit, about how important it is to have somebody who, when you are wallowing your self-pity because you just can't get it done because it's too doggone hard and you don't think it's worth it, for you to have someone that can look you in the eye and say, Jen, you got to suck it up and let's make this happen. Because God is good and God is sovereign. And I don't care what you're going through. You can feel those feelings. You can feel those emotions. But above everything, you need to know that God is in control. And you need that person and I need that person. And we can be those people for one another. Accountability. It's critical of course, prayer. It's one of the disciplines. Maybe, maybe it's your goal, but it's also the way to break through obstacles in gaining your goal. 
All right, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, another common verse. Don't be anxious about anything in every situation. By prayer or petition, thank, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Seek God's guidance. Seek his strength. Seek his, let him, let him remind you that it's his strength, that it's not in you. Pray for the accountability. Pray for the, pray for the diligence. Pray for the consistency. Open your heart up to your heavenly Father because, as I mentioned this morning, he, 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 already, he already knows. You don't have to vie for his attention. You got it. He just wants you to talk to him. Okay? And then patience and perseverance. Ooh. All right, I was good with the accountability, and I was good with the prayer, but I am not good with the patience. Right? Building habits is a process. Be patient with yourself and recognize that setbacks are part of the growth. Galatians 6, 9. Do not, let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Press forward even when the progress seems slow. Simple. I have not said anything to you that's life you know, that's you're like, oh, I never knew that. I never knew that if I set a goal, I could actually do something. I never knew that, you know, habits were important and that I had to be consistent. Oh, she's so smart. <laughs> that's not the goal of this particular session. It is not for me to give you something that you've never heard before. It is to remind you of what we all need to be reminded of because I don't care if you have been a Christian for 10 minutes while I was talking or you have been a Christian for 65 years. I do not care. You need to be reminded, as do I, of these important truths and we need to be setting goals over and over and over and over and over again. So, I'm going to close this in prayer. We're going to move on to another session. But then at the end of that, I'm going to come back on, and we're going to talk about setting goals. So I want you to be thinking through this. I want you to think about where you want to be. We're not talking 5, 10, 15, 20 years anymore, like in our card. And we're going to come back to our card, okay? But I want you to think about where you want to be in three months, what goal? I want you to think, be thinking as we're talking up here about what goal you want to have accomplished in three months. Three months, that's nothing. What is that, Christmas? Ooh, is that really Christmas? November, <laughs> Thanksgiving? <laughs> November, the end of November. <laughs> September, October, November. yes, three November. Three months, three months, that's all. Think about what you want... Remember, it needs to be small, but not too small, right? It needs to be doable. It needs to be measurable. You need to get to the end of that three months. So here's, here's something, and, and I, know, I know I'm supposed to stop, okay? It says I was supposed to stop one minute ago. All right, I, I do see it. So look, here's the thing. If your goal is I'm going to pray more, is that measurable? No, not really, okay? Now, if you don't pray at all, if you pray a little bit, I guess that's more, right? But if you give yourself a goal, I'm going to pray five minutes a day, every day. I'm going to pray for the, I'm going to pray for someone that I see on Sunday. I'm going to put their name in the bulletin, and I'm going to pray for them for five minutes a day, every single day. That's a goal that's measurable. I can get to the end of the week and know, did I do that? 
or did I not do that? It's doable, it's measurable, it might push you a little bit, especially if it's somebody that you don't really like. I'm just kidding, we all love each other. So when we're thinking about this at the end of our Q&A time, at the end of our panel time, when you're setting your goals, I want us to think about your goals. So as we're getting into this next session, and somebody's coming up to do this for us. I think it is, oh, I think it's not anybody. It's me telling y'all. Okay. It's her. I was looking. I don't know who's in charge. Um, but what is happening as we're getting ready to do this, we're going to take, I know we're going to take a five-minute break because we're going to bring some table, some chairs up here. And we're going to have a little uh, panel discussion, and apparently she's going to tell us about that. But um, don't forget your cards, your questions. If you have any questions as it comes up about any of the things that are happening in the life of the church that we're going to be discussing. If you have any questions about anything that we've talked about already today. If you have any, I don't know, questions about puppy dog tails. I don't know. Whatever you have, um, preferably applicable questions then write them down and we will go over them at the end right before our last table time where we will be setting our goals okay so let's pray dear heavenly father thank you again thank you thank you again for this day and thank you for just the practicality of of this practice thank you for the ability to grow to be more like you just by taking one step at a time Thank you, Father, that you give us that ability and that you strengthen us. And thank you for these women and the fact that you are strengthening us even now. You are allowing us to think through things. I pray that you just, as, as the panel comes up and discusses the things that are coming up in the life of this church, that you just help us to um, focus on you, to praise you, to glorify you in that, and give us clarity and wisdom as to what we should be focusing on over the next few months so that we can grow in godliness. And we give you praise and glory for that. In your name, amen.